Hey, Mike's recording. I'm recording. Uh, I'm Adam Jabay. We're making a slip angle podcast. Hi, Mike. <laughs> um, okay, I'm recording now. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's recording now. At okay, so so seconds. yeah, so Abe, when, when you need to sync these two recordings up. Uh, you'll have to listen and figure it out. So, because we've been rambling on oh, for a while, man. we're making we're making Abe work. Now. Yeah, <laughs> it's about three minutes and fifty seconds. I'll I'll, I'll make a note in an Abe text right now. Yeah, it, you know what? It's funny. We were just talking about how like um, I'm intimidated by this stupid little recorder I got off of uh, eBay, and sure enough, the first time I use it, I screw it up. There we go. <laughs> Are you sure you're recording right now? Yeah, it's it's counting up. I'm forty one seconds into it now. Oh man! All right, we're forty-one seconds into the show. Yep. Uh, I'll tell you. Uh, I just made a note to, for Abe to chop off the first three minutes. <laughs> you, you know what he should do? He he should put in include the first part where you're, where no wait, I wasn't talking about how I'm on yeah, that wasn't recorded. So, oh well. Uh, yeah, I guess I probably did most of the first three minutes. Talking. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so anyway, I'm sitting in my RV right now in the shop because I got it all gutted and, and apart, and I have to go camping in three days. <laughs> So yeah, I have a long three days ahead of me. But. Yeah, um, I saw I saw on your Facebook or Instagram or whatever about the ceiling you're putting in, and that that's looking I pretty good. I think that good. was in our in our rules committee chat, actually. Maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. You know, yeah, I, um, I pulled all the old gross carpet off and did the beadboard. So, yeah, you know, and the the danger is when Tina sees, you know, Tina, my beautiful wife, sees, you know, those posts where you make an old RV look fantastic. And she says to me, well, it, we should uh, fix up an old RV. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, why don't you just do that for me, Mike? Let's do it together. It'll be great. <laughs> That's so much work. You have though. a lot of projects in your hands. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, and as much, so I'm in the shop and as much as I, I do enjoy working on the race car, especially when it's, you know, it's not crunch time and you're, you know, behind and all that, which is most of the time for me, but. Well, with you, it's crunch time. Like your crunch time is two things. It's either like you're behind for a race, or your car is literally crunched because you came in contact with another. Man. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that crunch time as much. But lots of crunch. Lots of different <laughs> types of crunch time. They come in all flavors for you. Yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, now kind of like the season's mostly done. So I'm just the car's on the lift, and I'm kind of looking at it, going, "Well, yeah, gotta fix that," but I'm not in a hurry. So now all of the belated nice maintenance time. on uh, on all the other cars, you know, the daily drivers and stuff. And now I remember like how much I hate doing even mundane mechanical work on cars that aren't race cars. Like it's terrible. Some, it's terrible. Yeah, for some reason, like I don't mind at all. Like just okay, we gotta take the engine out of the race car, and I gotta like tear this apart and do that and put it back together, and then I do something wrong, I gotta take it out again and. You know, it doesn't seem too bad, but like I just did, you know, rear brakes on this 2009 Matrix that I've been driving around, <laughs> you know, uh, and God, I hated that job. It was, it was horrible. It's the worst. <laughs> I, I, I like recruited my brother when I had to do like a timing belt water pump on my wife's Civic. Uh-huh. I was like, dude, uh, you you did one of these before. It was like a, a gen of Civic I've never done, like a 03 to 07 or whatever. And uh, I was like, you've done a couple of these. Just let, let's do it in your shop real fast. It'll, it'll take us like two hours. It took us like two hours, but like that was a project I did not want to do by myself at all. Yeah. I, uh, I, it, 
but but I've had 14 engines in my car. <laughs> Four, yeah, it's you know, and and then like it reminds me like you know you get parts from parts stores. So I got I decided okay, you know it needed a new rear brake. So go to put the brakes on. You know I was just going to put pads on and. And then, you know, I couldn't get those stupid rear calipers to retract. You know how you got to twist them and they just wouldn't go in. Oh, and yeah. then the, the yeah. boots tore on them on the pistons. I'm like, okay, I'll just get new calipers because I just don't want to deal with this, right? And besides, they're probably original, you know, 160,000 miles. So order those. Of course, it's cheaper to order them and get them delivered from AutoZone than it is to go down to the store a mile away, you know, figure that out. But yeah. Um, so they get here, and I so I, I just put them on tonight. And so of course, um, one of the ble the bleeders on one of the calipers is is a it takes a ten millimeter wrench, and the one on the other side takes an eleven. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're just stupid. They're remanned in a different place at a different time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but you know, from the same brand, from the same store, and everything. So yeah. Oh well. Mm -hmm. That's kind of common. If if you get a stuck bleeder, they drill it out. They'll just tap it for the next size and stuff like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah, working on dailies sucks. But uh, your car is currently running for the most part. Your race car. Uh, you just did. Yeah. Uh, you qualified for the SCCA runoffs, and then you just finished that. Like, what was that last weekend? Two weekends ago. Uh, two, two yeah, two yeah, two weekends ago. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I love GLTC. You know, but I still love SCCA, STL too, especially like, you know, I, I kind of like the runoffs, even though, you know, it's it's not cheap and all that. But I, I enjoy sort of that, you know, race week type thing build up to the big race. And uh, yeah. And uh, but, you know, in, in this year it was you know, relatively small problems and issues compared to the past when I've done the runoffs. But, um, yeah, your mid-Ohio runoffs, you put it into the wall and had to, like, rebuild half the car. Didn't you have the head off of it at that runoffs, too? Uh, yeah, so on that one, I think the it was, like, two laps into the first qualifying, uh, all the valves in the head got bent because the, the, the uh, timing belt broke because this bolt in the inner timing cover just kind of fell out. Probably my fault. Jeez. But, Still a but, yeah, and then got that going, you know, put a new head on, uh, courtesy of Greg and me, who had one in, in his trailer, so, um, mm -hmm. so he, he saved my saved my day there, and then got that on, and I think the next qualifying out um, was doing pretty well, and then the left rear hub broke in, you know, at uh, the the um, right hand sort of compressed uphill before the the jumpy thing that goes into Thunder Valley. Oh, it was so. right there. I thought it was just after Thunder Valley. No, no, it was when you turn into it, and you know how, like, it, you know, you, the car gets mm -hmm. all loaded up because it compresses, and right when it's all right. loaded up, the left rear hub broke, so it just spun off there into the wall. Yeah, that's a bad spot. To, that's a fast spot, like shift to fourth kind of stuff right there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's uh, fast, and, you know, it turns out the tire wall isn't as far back as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really quite close. Everything yeah. is like quite close in Mid Ohio. There's not a lot of areas where you can have bad days. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that, that, and that it, was your old car, though. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's funny when that happened is I thought. Um, by the way, I think I wandered away from the recorder for a little bit, so I'm, I, I might have just gotten. I got to, I got to be more disciplined here. But anyway, um, uh, how, big, how long is your microphone cable? Uh, 
Well, I'm using the, this has a, the built-in microphones. My, the external microphone I got with it, when I tested it, didn't seem to work very good, so I'm just using the two little mics okay. sticking out the top of the thing. Oh, anyway. Yeah, keep those levels good, though. Yeah, I know. Keep the, hello, hello, levels, levels. Anyway, um, but yeah, you know, when, when that happened, it was funny, you know, so, you know, the, you know, wiped out the car, got out, went to the corner station and looked out there and, and I thought I just lost it. And, and then I look and the, the wheel and tires is laying out in the, in the uh, sand pit. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, it took, you know, it wasn't like five minutes later until I realized like the wheel fell off the car and that's why I crashed. You didn't <laughs> I feel thought it I'd... like uh, pop off and stuff or? Uh, it, the, you know, the, the, the hub, it broke right at the, you know, the flange, mm -hmm. um, and it just broke. So the whole wheel and hub and everything came off and tore the, tore the brake off the back and everything. So everything was too violent for you to like feel it fold over. Yeah. It, 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 it just felt like I, you know, maybe overdrove the corner and the back end broke loose. It wasn't like violent or anything. It just felt like I just yeah. overdrove it and the back end went around, but. But you got it back together, and uh, I think I think uh, Bowie and Giles and I did a like a sort of a broadcast or a podcast during that that runoff. So that was kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I want I want to do that again next year up at Road America. That's that's one of my goals is to go to Road America and do a bunch of do a bunch of podcasts at Road America. Yeah, because so. I mean Road America is fantastic, but. Yeah, the, the 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 runoffs this year were so much easier. The only the only issue I had was, um, you know, I put a new engine in. Blake built me a new motor just just before the runoff, mm -hmm. so put that in. And um, for some reason, <clears throat> um, when I when I got there, and you know, it only had dyno time on it. And when I was in the right hand corners where the car kind of rises, where it rises, which is like you know mm -hmm. the rising S is all the right handers, the VTEC was kicking out and. Yeah, that's so I, weird that it's a right-hander, too. Yeah, and, and then I thought back, well, you know what? It happened before every once in a while, like at uh, uh, turn three at, at Road Atlanta. Like, if you really hit the curb hard and you're on it, it might just, you know, kick out for just a second. And I never really put two mm -hmm. and two together, you know, and figured out it was VTEC. But for some reason, this was it was a lot worse um, with this motor. And I think it might have been... The oil pump, I don't think, was making quite as much pressure when the when the oil got hot. So I don't know if like the clearance in the clearances in the oil pump were a little bit greater, and maybe it you know when the oil thinned out, it, it wasn't you know I, I didn't have sort of yeah, the probably overhead wouldn't take pressure. Much. Yeah. So anyway, those, uh, uh, the, those pumps are actually easy to shim the uh, like the bypass valve too, like the yeah. you know that little like yeah. that little like tube thing. You can thread that uh, that Allen key off and shim that spring a little bit too. So yeah, uh, that might be something to do on the next one. Maybe put a washer in there. Yeah, so I'm I, I'm just gonna put a new water pump in and uh, shim it, and uh, and I think that'll take care of it. But so but to fix the problem, then we ended up. Um, scrounging up all the all the pieces to put an accu sump in it and uh mm -hmm. and uh that that took care of it it's kind of something i was meaning to do anyway eventually but yeah i kind of had to do it then so what, do you know what the, threshold vtech kicks off at is it like 30 or 40 psi or uh it, it's i i think it's just under 40 i suppose it depends on the motor and the solenoid and all that right because at yeah. some point it just because you know, I mean, normally there's a pressure sensor, and then I think the 
ECU looks at it and doesn't even try it if it's below a certain pressure, but that's all bypass. Yeah, so it, it yeah, either works or it doesn't up work. At the, yeah, it's like a sensor at the solenoid um, on some of those, but with, with, with aftermarket tuning, you can just like turn that off but and just make it like physically pressure limited. It's like the solenoid can't open anymore. Yep, yep. So, um, so you, you struggle with that for three or four days of qualifying and practice and stuff. And then uh, where did you – this was a VIR. And where did you uh, grid up? It was like 10th? I think I gridded up 10th and finished in 7th. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, um, it, it was a pretty good race. I had a pretty good race with Max G or Max G. I don't even exactly mm-hmm. know how you pronounce his last name. It's kind of a cool race car driver name, though, right? Max G? That is, Yeah, that's a totally cool race. It's like willpower and – Scott Speed and all them, yeah. Yeah, Max yeah. G. <laughs> it's, it's a totally rad race car name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had, he was in the had, Honda Prelude or something, right? Yeah, he was in the Prelude, and I think, you know, he won STU at Indy, um, and I think it had a K24 back then, and I think he's yeah. put a, a, a K20 in it. So yep. Yeah, with STL, it's a two-liter hard limit, so it couldn't be a K24. Yeah. And yeah, the car got through pretty much unscathed, correct? Just leaked leaked a bunch of oil and made a mess. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that happened during the race was, you know, when I when I put in the AccuSump and I got in one qualifying session and it was everything worked fine, no leaks or anything. But during the race, one of the fittings for the AccuSump where I plumbed it into the engine bay um, started leaking some, so kind of had oil all over the place, and and eventually. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it. Um, the last lap or two, the VTEC kicked out every just a, a few little times, but it, it wasn't too bad. But yeah, so. you think the motor's okay though? Oh, the motor's fine. Yeah, I mean it was still you know thirty five psi or more all the time. So yeah, the motor's good. fine. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm still jealous of uh, of your your runoffs stuff. It's something I still want to do. Um, yeah, you should. Days, you should. Yeah. yeah, one of these days when I get some time, I want to do it. So. Yeah, it, it it it's fun. I mean, um, what I like about it, I guess, is you have plenty of time to. Well, if you're not working on your car all the time, you know, you have plenty of time to um, socialize with all the other racer friends that are you know congregated there from around the country, and you have all week to do it. So. Um, yeah. And like, and and so th- this year we rented an RV and had it delivered to the track, which was. Uh, really nice because we could stay there and you know it's definitely the way to go yeah to me the uh like the social aspect of it seems like the biggest draw like that seems that's like my dream week is to like show up on sunday and like start camping for like a week and uh, yeah. uh, every every day you just like screw around with your race car for like half an hour <laughs> that's like yep. all you do and then yeah. you just like hang out with your friends and make podcasts and hang out Yep, that's my goal is to eventually go there and not ever have to do anything other than check tire pressures and make sure the the wheels are still torqued. Yeah, like torque the wheels and like, hey, that alignment looked good. That's ah, good. It feels great. That's good enough. <laughs> good enough. Yeah, I didn't hit it last strong... time out, so it's fine. Yeah, that's a pretty strong showing in STL, though. It was like almost 40 cars, 30-some cars. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's uh, as far as like performance of the cars, like the 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 top five had a had like a few seconds between them, but then like there's a giant chunk of you guys that were like uh, real close uh, time wise. But that is, yeah. that is a long race though, so they do spread out a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, Max and I were together the whole race, which was fun. It's always fun when you're racing somebody. I mean, 
you know, yeah, definitely. It, it, it's terrible when a racist turns into like a track day because there's no one around you, which, you know, is, is I think one of the best parts about GLTC, switching gears, of course, is uh, the shorter race you know, format. Yep. Yeah, a sh shorter race format, a lot more cars that are running at, you know, closer, you know, less gap in time. So, you know, you just end up with your, you know, almost always around somebody or, you know, th there's someone in front of you that you can try and hunt down or someone behind you that you want to try and keep behind you, you know. Um, and there's less strategy, so. strategy like in burning the tires down. Like, you don't have to think about that. You just got to go as fast as you can and burn them down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just it's, it's so, can, you know? yeah, it's so different than like the enduro stuff that like I started out with where like, right. you know, you right. think, you think, oh, I'm going pretty hard on the outlap, but. You know, especially after doing sprint stuff and especially GLTC, it's like, no, I mean, you're just, you know, 189% from the drop. Yeah, of the you green, do all, which, you go as fun. fast as you can the entire time. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, that, hey, that was, um, uh, so. That's part of the thing it, I love about uh, about that. But I was going to ask you about, about your car now. You know, right. I guess it was, it, now I, I'm going to call it the Night Gripper since it was the Night Ripper and that's kind of a, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind yeah. of a now let me ask you did you ever like the name night ripper because that was given uh, to it by a magazine right it was, yeah it was super street magazine uh like titled the article that and i don't know why maybe because like it in like i think like in in the paragraph i said or in like in like the like the the sheet that you got to fill out like to give them details you know i think mm -hmm. uh i think i talked about like taking it for rips like at night like we'd go like rip around the highways <laughs> yeah because <laughs> it was a thing we did like 15 years ago um and uh yeah he just named it that but um yeah my you've been calling it the night gripper in the chats <laughs> yep. But, yeah yep. yeah it's, uh the last show i did was two weeks ago with derek uh and that aired last week and i since have pulled the car apart and she dead she's super dead <laughs> yeah I saw that. It's very dead. It's the deadest. <laughs> it's definitely not uh, anything that I had hoped for. Like, uh, yeah, it, it was so undramatic when it happened. Like, it made no noise. It was probably only at like five thousand RPMs, uh, and it turns out it was basically just like shut off. Um, and I mean, it probably made noise, but like, I, I was going probably ninety, eighty miles an hour, and paying attention to other things, and I didn't hear the noises. But uh, it just, like, stumbled and shut off, um, and I coasted in, and it, and it would crank like it had no compression, like, real fast, you know? Uh, uh, and the oil oil looked clean, too, which was the still, like, I don't know where all those pieces of the piston went, but they're in there somewhere. But, um, yeah, the oil didn't look all sparkly and stupid, but uh, it turns out that it dropped a valve in the number one cylinder. It just it broke the valve, actually. It didn't just drop it. Uh, the valve is still, like, the top of the valve is still there. And the bottom of the valve like went through everything, and it like it like it shot pieces up through the intake manifold and sucked them into all the other cylinders too. Um, <laughs> so literally everything is fucked, <laughs> like every single piece. Good job. Yeah. So if you're gonna totally ruin it, like at least I don't have to spend money like fixing the engine. I guess you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's probably so like the block is probably okay. I'll probably keep the block and like be able to overbore it. Uh, but uh, yeah, rods, pistons—they're uh, all garbage. Uh, uh, I'm sure that's garbage. Is, like, fine, but yeah, hot, hot garbage, flaming hot garbage. Yeah. 
So have you decided if you're going to do another uh, another D series motor or I I know you've been kind of going back and forth on what yeah, direction you're um, going to go. I think I I think I have decided that uh, I am going to do a factory um, version of the same engine that was in there, just a totally stock version. And that that engine wasn't actually that unstock. It was a uh, it was a factory rebuild bottom end. It was a JDM D15B VTEC, which is basically like a slightly different stroke D16 Z6, so single cam VTEC, like what came in like the 92 to 95 Civics here, mm-hmm. um, which is like the probably the best D series single cam head. Um, but it had 1101 compression via a shaved head and flat valves. They were super tech valves, uh, like a really good valve job um, and a cam. Uh, and like springs and retainers, so I'll probably keep the springs uh, just for a rainy day and a cheap build because uh, they're all there. They didn't come apart, but um, and then uh, the cam probably is fine. Uh, I'll probably not use that. I'll probably just throw the factory cam in or leave the factory cam in in the next one. Uh, but I'm gonna just put the thing in totally stock, fire it up, and when everything's cool, uh, I'm building a turbo kit for it. So. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah, mm. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put it in as is, like right now, and then you know, crank trigger all that stuff. Like, make sure it's fine. As soon as it fires up and warms up and everything's cool, uh, off comes the header, and I'm gonna put like the lowest psi turbo kit on it because like my goal for the weight of the car, like, the old one made like 141 wheel, which is like not enough i kind of suspect that uh it, it actually has a factory cam i think i got might have got hosed on the cam um, mm-hmm. but um the old one made 141 wheel and for the weight of the car i really need to make like 160 or 165 wheel or pull like 200 pounds out of the car um and i don't i probably have another 80 pounds to pull out of the car and like 20 pounds to pull off myself and i'll probably do that but then you know, whatever. That, that, it's shocking out. that you can pull that much more weight out of that car because I thought you'd totally strip that thing down to nothing. Well, it's still got a steel hood, uh, which is like gutted inside, but uh, there's probably eight pounds there. It still has all the. It still has factory glass and factory windshield. So the back factory glass is maybe twenty five, thirty pounds if I go to eighth inch Lexan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, the rear tailgate like trunk thing is all factory, not not gutted at all and i have a gutted one that i did years ago that was like 35 pounds lighter um 25 pounds lighter i forget but uh there's like it's it's like all little things here and there uh and then stuff like i could do lighter wheels like i could get i could get a set of lighter wheels that's like you know the stuff i have is like not volk te37 weight not that i can afford te37s but like maybe someday i could (laughs) so (laughs) Uh, like there is, there is things here and there that I could do, but, um, yeah, overall it's pretty good. It's, it weighs under 1800 pounds, uh, without me in it. So, so, uh, so you think you could get it like down to 1700 dry? I would love to, well, I would love it with fluids to be like 1750, like with fuel in it, it's probably just over 1800 right now. Um, so with fuel in it, if I can get like another 50 pounds out of the car. Um, and maybe 20 pounds out of me. Uh, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm down like 10 pounds in the last four weeks. So um, trying to get a few pounds out of me and a few pounds out of the car. And uh, doing a turbo kit is probably going to add, I'm guessing it's going to add 30, 40 pounds to the car too. Uh, maybe yeah, 50 okay. pounds with like a intercooler, a heavier turbo manifold, uh, and a turbo, and... 
I'm planning on doing an air to water intercooler, but I might not just because of the weight. But uh, so it, I mean, if you're not looking to add that much power, I mean, would you even consider not doing an intercooler. I know you know the um, uh, what's the Lemons team out west that runs the Miata. They've they've just run like a low pressure turbo with no intercooler yeah. or anything for yeah, years. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I've thought about doing that and running it on E85 because E85 burns cooler. Um, yeah, yeah. So I might, I mean, it, it, uh, it'll be like a trial and error dyno tune setup. I might like build, uh, what I really want to do with the fuel system is, uh, it's got a hall tech in it so it can run a flex fuel system. I really want to get a flex fuel sensor, which is basically like just a GM flex fuel sensor and then uh, wire that in so that I can kind of, you know, it, run it out of, run it out of 93, just pump a bunch of E whatever in there and just have it, uh, sense it. I don't really want to be testing ethanol and all that jazz. Uh, or yeah. buying or buying it in like a 55 gallon drum that sounds like my own personal hell when i'm trying to like organize the race weekend i don't have time to be testing fuel you know um, yep but uh yeah so i've thought about that a couple of dudes on one of the on one of the grid life gltc chats there's like too many of them now a couple of dudes were talking like yeah just run e85 and no no intercooler but um yeah intercoolers are really cheap they cost like eight dollars now <laughs> so uh-huh uh, and I have an air-to-water one that uh, is real compact, but all the system and stuff for air-to-water would be it would kind of add up. So that might be kind of silly, but um, like all the f- the water weight and like the cooler and like a f- yeah. Little and, radiator and 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 I know, yeah. and I know you're Mister Lightweight, so yeah, I really I do want to keep it. No I want to keep it light. Well, the the only problem with that is we run uh, like we run all kinds of different temperatures so like the tune will be drastically different like in the fall versus like mm-hmm. autobahn when it's 110 um so i don't want to be like in detonationville when it's super hot but um i don't know i I'm, I'm i'm sort of excited about taking it to pikes peak international raceway next year hopefully uh because yeah. like it might be one of the only turbo cars and that might be like the turbo car race because because <laughs> the other cars are at uh, eight thousand feet I or see. whatever now yeah, I see the motivation to yeah, race out there. Turbo cars aren't super affected by elevation, so yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I really only want I only want like one sixty five wheel. I don't want I don't want to have to add weight for it. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of excited about it though. I've got all kinds of random turbo parts kicking around. I might put a turbo that's like too big for it too, um, mm-hmm. like uh, a turbo that's like super understressed. And and then just have like a uh, kind of a ramp up fun weird stupid power band that that is totally not uh, flat power band cheaty but I would only do that because I have that turbo laying around <laughs> so uh-huh. uh, but yeah I don't I don't quite know what what direction I want to go with the turbo yet but. yeah well you definitely need to get it out there and on the track because you know I when's the last time we raced against each other was was that when you crunched um, uh, the CRX at Road Atlanta when it got in the accordion? I might have raced with you. Was that Did I crunch it before or after that mid-Ohio weekend we did with Cattill? Uh Oh, yeah. That was probably the last. Uh, I think it was. We did a podcast I, with like I, you I, I, and yeah, Lee Grimes and I, me and Cattill that, we, that night. But yeah. I don't yeah. know. I'd have to, I can't I'd remember. Have to look through it. It kind of all blurred. I think that was the October weekend or was that? No, that was the July uh ovr 
race weekend. Yeah, um, or it was yeah July or August or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it might have been August. So. Or whatever. It's like the the summer one because they do a fall one too, which is this weekend, I believe, at Mid Ohio. So I, I've always loved that that fall weekend. That was a fun one for a bunch of years that I did. That, yeah, that yeah. was a fun weekend. That was a really fun weekend. Yeah. Got to do last more few like years, that. Well, I mean. Yeah, uh, sorry. <laughs> the last few years, uh, I've instructed the Friday PDX before that, and I can't go this 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 year because we're doing camping stuff. But um, yeah, that's a that's a good weekend. It's so nice there in October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. But I mean, I, I definitely got to do. Uh, I want to try and do all the grid life ones next year. Now that's probably not actually going to happen, but that's There's that's my goal to do all to do all the GLTC ones and. And I really want to do the Colorado one, even though it's a long, long tow from Atlanta. But my Your brother, brother lives, lives out there. Right there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he lives kind of at the base of Pikes Peak. So, yeah, that's only like go 15, out there and turn it into vacation. Track. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad at all because it's the track a, is what just south of Colorado Springs or something. Uh, yeah, about fifteen minutes south of the town. So, yeah, it'd probably take like twenty some minutes to get to your brother's house. Yeah, that's not uh, bad. It, uh, so. It's a, it's a, there's some, that's kind of what, what we want people to do for that event is like not take the event so seriously, but like have it be a reason to go to Colorado and do Colorado stuff, you know? Um, and, and it really, I mean, it was one of my favorite events this year too, but yeah, I think it's going to be a good one this year. Uh, I would love to see like 25 or 30 GLTC cars. We had like 10 or something this year, uh, but, uh, and it was still yeah. fun to watch, but if we had like 25 or 30, I think that's like. If you're ever going to race at a Roval uh, in a sprint race, like, that is the track for it. Like, it's like the perfect Roval for a sprint race. Uh, and it'd uh -huh. be so cool for spectators because, like, you can stand in the middle or on top of the tower, and you can, like, see every turn if you just, like, spin in 360 degrees. And uh, the infield, I think, is more fun than, like, Daytona. Um, and the spectating is just so good. It's such a fun place to hang out. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about yeah. that event. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's not hard for the infield to be funner than the Daytona infield. Daytona is kind of like, like little turn and then like wide open throttle, and like little turn and then like wide open throttle, and then like little turn and then like wide open throttle. It's just kind of pointy shooty, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Probably so. unless you're in like a prototype car, it's probably a little bit pointy shooty. But it is. Yeah, but I'm, in the cars we drive, like the 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 kink in the infield, you know, between the two hairpins, that's flat. Yeah. So that's no big deal. But yeah, I, I I love driving Daytona the fir the the first and only time. I did oh, it. I love Daytona. Yeah, I mean I I love Daytona. It's it's funny. I I like you know a lot of tracks that people don't like. I like. Um, but, <laughs> I'm sort of that way too. You know, for, <laughs> yeah, for different reasons. You know, like like Sebring. I mean, it's flat. It's it's bumpy in places. But like I really like Sebring. Sebring is for some reason I like that even though. Um, you know, I think all of the elevation change in Sebring is in the bumps in turn 17. <laughs> it's like two inches. <laughs> yeah, it's like four inches, which is like the whole elevation change of the whole track. I think. Yeah. Is there, uh, is there something, I've heard you talk about NOLA. Uh, you, you really like going to New Orleans and you like, there's these other tracks around the country that you like. And you always talk about like yeah. the scene around them and like, uh, and stuff like that. Um, is there something about uh, the actual location of a track that uh, means as much to you as the track? Yeah, well, you know, like NOLA. Um, I've been there, I don't know, three, four times for like SCCA majors, which I don't think they have there anymore. 
But like it, you know, we would actually, that's when we started staying in the trailer when, when my wife and I would go there because there's so much good food there. So like we would, we would say, well, if we stay in the trailer, that's $150 we're going to save. So we're going to go out <laughs> and spend it all on a nice, like decadent, like really good dinner. And we do that like every night. Yeah. And so yeah. like New Orleans is great. And, you know, it, it'd be great if Grid Life can go down there. And I know I've been bugging you about that, but that'd be cool to do that like in like a February or something. And everyone in the Midwest could, could get out of Chicago and that area would yeah. be nice down there and uh, go down there and have some fun. And, and the track is like, you know, 20 minutes from all, you know, the middle of everything in New Orleans. So yeah, it's yeah, easy they, to they, get to. They um, actually just emailed us like last, uh, last week. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah no, that would be cool. I think, lies. I think that would be a really good draw. I mean, if, you know, I, as you know, I used to live in Chicago and if I was stuck in Chicago and it was February or March and I could go down and race a car in New Orleans, I'd be mm -hmm. all over it. Yeah, I'm thinking like, uh, yeah, mid-winter, early winter, like that. That's the, that's the direction you want to like, and that'll also make everybody build their cars earlier and like think their builds through and like just give them a reason to go somewhere, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe, it it also would be kind of a kind of a connection to like some of the southern audience, like with the Road Atlanta audience that we've built. Like it'll it'll be a little easier for them to get there too, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's not that far from the Midwest, so I, I think that would be a cool track if you guys could go there. Yeah, it's it's not a terrible drive. It's only like 10 hours. So. Yeah, and, and and the track is decent. I mean, the facilities are nice. Um, yeah, that's what The I track, I'd say, is, is is you know, pretty good. You know, there's tracks I like better just from the track point of view. Um, you know, the, the, the first half of it, when you're kind of going from the starting line out to the far end of it, you know, that's, it's okay. But then the back part, there's like these S's and those are a lot of fun. They're like, um, you know, like in, in my car, it's just barely flat. Yeah. You know, if you do it perfectly, which is like the perfect kind of S's, right? Like where it seems where like kind it, of a Miata track. That's what I think that's what you've said about it, too. Like it's a really no, good, it's like, it's yeah, it's it's like a yeah. perfect track for like a GLTC spec Miata STL level car. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a great Miata track because it's it's a lot of handling um, and going out on, on onto the front straight. There's a there's a long sweeper, so I mean, it, you know, if you can, you know, relatively tight, you know, long corner going onto the front straight. So if you can carry speed through there, you know, you know, power isn't quite as important. But then the back section is all all handling. Yeah, so it, it looks fun uh, from watching in car video and stuff. So. Yeah, we'll see if something yeah, happens yeah. there. Maybe someday that could be that could be a cool way to start the year and not like a million miles away. But uh, like everybody in the performance industry that we talk to, like all the partners and companies and all that stuff, they're all like, "Hey, you guys got to just come to California and do a whole season in California." And we're like, "Man, that's so far away. <laughs> it's so far away yeah. from everything we've built." <laughs> but uh, that is where like the performance industry lies. Unfortunately, we'll see. We'll yeah, see how yeah. the, the March West goes, but um, it, it, if that happens, you'll have to buy an old beater RV just for the West Coast and just keep it out there. Just leave it. Just rent a lot somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Get a lot. Get a get a trailer and just have a West Coast uh, <laughs> have a West Coast contingent of myself <laughs> and fly out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, find some find something so. basic that you can start with uh, with a can of starting fluid. Mm-hmm. 
So, so what, yeah, uh, you know, and the other thing I, I've been working on is, well, I haven't been working on it, but uh, I've been working on uh, trying to get the, uh, the Cobra resurrected. Yeah, That's you've got, uh, you've got a, a kit car Cobra. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one that my, you know, my, my brother, he was a year younger than me, and I, we might have talked about it before. I, I can't remember. On, I think we talked about it in the show that you stopped by show. after Road America. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the long story short, my brother that was a year, year, year younger than me started building it, I think, in like 1991. And, uh, you know, it was like, like a lot of projects like that, they're very start and stop and, you know, two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, three steps back. And, yep. and, uh, it's then, a big project. Um, he, yeah, yeah. And, you know, he was a tinkerer and always wanted to try and make stuff better. So we'd get it mostly together and decided he was going to modify something. So he'd take it all apart and, and, and basically he got, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease and, um, couldn't finish it so me and my brother finished it out at my other brother's house in Oregon and then I bought it from my brother and uh, he had he had bought a Corvette at the time because um, he knew he wasn't gonna be around that much longer and um, and he you know he loved driving and cars and everything so um, so uh, I, I bought the Cobra from him and then we drove the the, uh, the, the Cobra and the Corvette from uh, uh, Klamath Falls Oregon uh, to Wisconsin, where we grew up, and then I can continue. I continued on with my son in the Cobra to Atlanta. So that was that kind of the test drive for him. a Cobra. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know we didn't have hardly any miles on it. Um, right. We had done like one autocross in um, uh, what was the town uh, just west of Klamath Falls uh, in Oregon. There was like a go kart track, and right. so we did an autocross there and. Um, had to re had to replace the pilot bearing in the in the uh, in the uh, flywheel, um, uh, and so we did that, and then put the trans back in, and you know, packed everything up and left for Atlanta. And That's that was, so far. That's got to be like thirty plus hours of driving. Yeah, I think I I think the way we went was a little over three thousand miles. I That's think. awesome. Um, yeah, I, I think we were like four days on the road uh, mm -hmm. and a couple of layover days here and there, but it was it was great. I mean, you know, what we, we left from Klamath Falls, which is in, you know, kind of south, central, western Oregon, and just cut over on a kind of back, well, there aren't any real roads, back roads uh, to Montana and over to Yellowstone, and we didn't, we didn't hit any interstate until... Um, actually almost south dakota i think really uh before we actually got on an interstate yeah Holy we, we took all just back roads and everything it was just beautiful and you know we didn't have any top on it it was in may so it was kind of cold sometimes and mm -hmm. but you know generally not too bad it, it was just the most epic road trip ever it yeah. was it was fantastic that's a wild car to do it in too uh, untested like topless cobra with like it had like 500 horsepower too right yeah, it's well. The motor was supposed to be 500 horsepower. We we just kind of, you know, my brother had built the motor, and it had been kind of mothballed yeah. uh, for yeah. 10 or 12 years or or more. And when we finally got it in the car, and um, so we just bought a new carb and threw it on it and it fired up and ran. So we drove it and you know didn't really tune it or anything. Right, mm -hmm. just you know it, it ran so. It was time to go across the country <laughs> in it, and uh, 
So you're you're yeah, putting a new engine in it because it, it had something happen with the valves, right? Yeah. Um, so we got back, and uh, and and my brother was, you know, going downhill pretty fast. You know, with with Lou Gehrig's, you just can't. You know, you lose all muscle control of everything, right? right? Yeah. And um, and so I thought, well, I'm going to take it to a track and put a camera in it, you know, video camera, just get some some footage. So I brought it to the little Talladega track, which is, you know, that kind of, yeah, yeah. it's in Alabama. Um, you know, it was probably, at the time it was smaller actually, they've expanded it, but it was probably maybe a mile long at the time. Mm -hmm. And um, went there for a track day and I got some, I still have the tires here. Um, they're still mounted up on, uh, there's some, what were they? Some you know, our comp, something or another, and uh, took it out there, and man, surprisingly, it did pretty good. There are a bunch of uh, um, C5 ZL6s on Hoosiers and yeah. things like that, and uh, and the Cobra was as fast or faster than anything there, which kind of surprised me. But, uh, you know, got some video, uh, went up to Wisconsin and showed it to him, so he thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then he and then he passed away a couple months later after that. So at least he got to see that. But when I was there, I was just cut, pulling off the track, and uh, it started making a, a, a noise. And it was uh, one of the valves had kind of galled and oh, yeah. stuck and gotten bent a little bit. So I had the head redone and then drove it for another year or two, and then just got kind of busy with life. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll figure out that tick because that 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 a ticking sort of came back. Uh, and I thought, that sounds like an exhaust leak or something like that. And so I'll, I'll get around to fixing it, you know, soon. Well, you know, soon is 10 years, you later. know, 10 or 12 years yeah. later now. Yeah. Yeah. It, sounded, it still sounded so, pretty um, good at your wedding, uh, but you could hear it wasn't like 100 percent. Yeah, it was it was far from 100 percent. But uh, so I brought it to my friend, Scott, who runs a, a business of, of auto auto shop called checkered flag automotive here mm -hmm. in alpharetta and it's so cool going into a shop because you know it, essentially he does you know any auto repair work and you know, he's got a, a couple of mechanics they've been doing it forever you know but he's into mgs he autocrosses mgs <laughs> he's got the coolest mg autocross car that is just totally badass and looks really cool and he's got a um he has an uh expedition tow vehicle that um he pulled out the motor and built like some monster twin turbo you know ford motor to put in it and built up the trans but it looks like totally totally stock an but expedition something like yeah it's like it's like like 900 wheel horsepower <laughs> or something awesome. stupid that's his tow vehicle i mean so that's the kind of stuff he does well you know now he's getting in all kinds of like you know, muscle cars that people have them fixed up and just, yeah. you, you never know what you're going to see there. And so, you know, I, I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't have time to, to fiddle with a Cobra and I got rid of my old Grand Am uh, finally. And so I thought I'll take that money and throw it at the Cobra and get it running. So I brought it down to Scott and, uh, yeah. and he started digging in and he goes, well, you know, the heads need to be redone. The, you know, really, it, you know, it looks like it needs a rebuild. And it was a 408 cubic inch Cleavor, which is a, a, Cle a Windsor block and Cleveland heads, which back in the day before they, you know, there was a big aftermarket heads available for a lot of the V8s, like, like, like the Windsor mm -hmm. motors. 
um, what people would do is they'd take the Cleveland heads from the Cleveland motor and bolt them on to, the, to a Windsor block because the Cleveland heads breathed a lot better. Okay. Um, and, and, but to do that, like, you know, they would bolt on, but the water passages didn't really match up. So, like, you would drill, like, a, you know, water passages in the head, and you'd have to, you know, oh, kind man. of fiddle with it. And, All kinds um, of dumb stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then there wasn't an intake manifold that fit, but there was a, an outfit down in Arkansas that cast up an intake manifold, so my brother got one of those. And, and you know, it was a budget. Um, the motor he built was a, a budget uh, like uh, a motor that people would build for late model stock cars. Okay. And so he saw the article for it in a, you know some stock car racing magazine. I think I still have it in all the pile of stuff I, he gave me with the car. And so basically it has like the connecting rods are from a, a Chevy six-cylinder motor and the pistons are from something else. And Holy it's God. really kind of a bastard 500 horsepower, uh, um, you know, Ford V8 that from back in the day that you could build for almost nothing. Yeah, so you, you, you and, build this um, rad engine out of a bunch of throwaway or cheap parts, but. Yeah, yeah, because that's the kind of guy my brother was. <laughs> almost <laughs> silly to try and like put pro machine money back into that though. Yeah, so, yeah, and, and so what it came down to is do you rebuild that and then you, you still have the kind of this bastard motor that it's gonna be hard to do anything with it next time it needs work or and then Scott goes but you know that that Mustang that was here it was like a 68 Mustang he said that guy wants a new motor mm -hmm. he said but the motor he's taken out is fantastic he said he's crazy I don't know why he wants a new motor this motor was um, built like eight or nine years ago for this car and he had the all the all the information on it. some local builder here in Chicago that is has a you know good reputation builds builds good motors and he said, like, it was, uh, to build the motor back then was, like, 12 grand Jeez. for the motor. And it was, like, 560-some horsepower, um, you know, had some big lopy cam in it. Um, and so, you know, he said he'll probably take, like, three grand for it. And I said, well, tell him, ask him if he'll sell it for two grand. <laughs> so he said yes. So. That's right. I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put that in the Cobra. But then there's, you know, as you know, like with any project, any race car project or anything, like it's, it's never just the cost of the motor. Yeah, those have, the different heads have different <laughs> yeah. headers and ports and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is a 400 cubic inch Windsor motor with aftermarket heads. It's all, you know, he said like the crank in it was just crazy expensive forged crank, mm -hmm. forged everything top of the line everything in the engine um but it uh and it, it's a it's it's another 408 cubic inch so i don't know if it's bored or stroked or both from a right. standard 351 but uh anyway um so that is going in it but it but then like the so the the headers that go on it so it has uh, like these headers that connect the exhaust ports up to the up to the side pipe collectors mm -hmm. right and so he's fabbing up new ones of those because the old ones won't work because the exhaust ports are totally different. Yeah. Um, so you know, I mean, the cost grows, and then and then it was it was geared for um, for originally my brother geared it for a, a, a Ford top loader. Oh, that's which right. Which is not an overdrive that. transmission. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and so we put a T56 in it, which is like a, you know, fifth and sixth are both overdrive, and sixth is like a 0.62 uh, to one ratio. So basically with the gear that was in it, like, you know, red line was like 305 miles an hour. Or something <laughs> if you stupid, get it right? there, it would I mean, go really fast. Yeah, I mean, so w when we were cruising back through Oregon, you know, you're just in the middle of nowhere. Like, no one lives out in the high desert in Oregon. There's just nobody, and it's just these straight roads. And what what we figured out is um, you couldn't shift into sixth until 120 miles an hour, and then the RPM was so low you could barely hold it there. So you had to like right? redline so, fifth gear and shift to sixth at like 150. Huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it would probably pull it. But I mean, the car. I mean, those old cars, the arrow is just terrible in them, yeah. you know? I mean, the front, there's loads of front end lift and, you know, they're not, I mean, it's, you know, my, my STL Civic is way more fun at speed than- Yeah, you wouldn't want, you probably wouldn't want to go 150 miles an hour in that car. Uh, yeah, I think on the way back, we got it up to about 130, 135 maybe. Yeah. Um, but you know, the front end is getting real light and you're like, nah, I just, yeah, yeah. not fun. Not, not fun at all. No, just not what it's designed but, um, for because, uh, the ones that were designed for that, like had different parts and they were probably scary too. <laughs> like the original race cars. They, they probably were. They were probably, they, pr they well, probably you know, sucked that's why they, <laughs> well, you know, that's why they, 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 they put the Daytona, they built the Daytona body for the right. Cobra, right? It's just cause the arrow was just so much better. Yep. Yeah, but um, so yeah. Anyway, that's going together, and then so I I told Scott let's let's regear the rear end, and uh, so we figured out you know the what ratio to put in the rear end, and he pulls it apart, and he goes, it's got a Ford nine inch in it, so it's got a solid rear end in it, and he goes, uh, wow, he said this has an open diff in it. That's not what you <laughs> which want at all. I never knew. <laughs> no, so it's getting it's getting a, a proper uh, proper diff in it with proper gear. What kind, what kind of diff are you? So putting you know, or something or uh, it's it's some it's I think it's an uh, Auburn oh, yeah. some you know yeah. clutch type normal. You know, I mean, I'm so used to front wheel drive stuff now. I've I've forgotten a lot of the. There's so many options though. Like I was looking through a Summit or Jags catalog or something like that the other day. And like, man, you could build mm -hmm. a totally rad, amazing Mustang for like, and there's so many options and you can just order everything. It's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking of Summit, it's like, you know, just before you, you know, you called, I was, of course, ordering something from Summit. And, you know, I used to think, well, you know, $100, I get free shipping. But it's like every time I like open the computer for Summit, it's more than 100 bucks. Of course. Yeah, but uh, you just buy, yeah, you buy it's, good it's, oil. I mean, they're that. yeah. You know, w when we were building the Cobra, so um, out my brother lived in outside of Klamath Falls, but you know, kind of in the middle of the national forest. You know, n nobody around, and so and Summit I think has a warehouse in Reno. So like mm -hmm. every so I I took like a, a three or four weeks off of work to go out and we we're just going to finish the Cobra. Right. Um, because you know we just we had to get it done and um so every day and you know he didn't have a you know no phone line he had a satellite internet connection where he lived and uh and a computer so every day we were placing orders on uh to summit and then they would come the next day from reno the ups guy would come out and after a couple of weeks you know the guy he just stops you know he'd always just drop stuff off and he my brother had a shop at his house and finally he knocked on the door he goes 
I got to know what all these parts are going into. <laughs> he was a car guy. He's like, you got to tell me it's killing me. <laughs> He's sick of seeing all these cool summit boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was driving him crazy. He yep. had no idea what was what was in the shop. Yeah, I wonder how many car guys so, actually are UPS guys, and they're just like, oh, what is this? Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> driving around this dumb brown yeah, truck yeah. all day. Can't work on my own car. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, you know it's funny at, at at my house. So I, you know, I have uh, you've been in my house. There's a shop, and then the house is up the hill, mm -hmm. and a, a lot of the delivery drivers now, if they see something that's like from Summit or uh, obvious car thing, they just leave it in front of the shop door. Otherwise, they put it up in, <laughs> uh, up on the front. Did, did the they actually house. drive up into your driveway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll drive up the driveway, and then you know, half the time the summit boxes end up in front of the yeah. shop. Your driveway seems a little bit hard to turn a UPS truck around in, though. But. Oh, they've gotten pretty good at it. Yeah. They know me. Yeah, you got a you got a long enough driveway with a steep enough angle that you wouldn't want to like hike into the house uh, from the street. But yeah, it's a yeah. It's a hike. Well, and and you know, my driveway was why you know we talk a lot about RVs and you know and I. And I really want to get one, but it's like yeah. I realize like if I have an RV and a trailer, it's like how am I going to get everything turned around and make that that corner by my shop to get back down to the road? So it's like I I can't have like a really super long rig. No, you'd have to you know, get right like now my um, at, at best. Yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, you're but you're converting me to the whole RV well, thing. It, so yeah, I mean, they, they can be a lot of work to like uh, to redo and stuff, but like once you know it. Like it's kind of like it's just like having a truck, but you can like live in the truck. So just gotta like get yeah. it to that point where you're like, oh, I know how to fix that, and like in 30 seconds you just zip that thing apart, and you like fix the thing. But like it's like a lot of dumb little poorly made pro uh, things that cause problems, but they're all easy to work on, really. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you'd, you'd, if you had a big one, you'd have to have some way to disconnect it and then park the trailer, like have a forklift or a uh, a four-wheeler that you could like move your trailer around with yeah that's that's just too much work so <laughs> i think i'll just stick with a small one your new trailer is pretty rad so. you bought the, like the you got the best deal ever on one of those yeah yeah i know it's it's one of those i just i mean i couldn't i mean i could not say no to buy that, that atc it was yeah, it's a 28-foot ATC, um, and, you know, after I, I had another 28-footer that, that you saw yeah, big that I've had one. for a long time. Yeah, the and other one had kind of a cool RV yeah, in front of it. But. Yeah, yeah, but but then when I got married, it was like, it was perfect for one person, right. but not perfect for two people. But, um, yeah, so my, I used to park my old trailer next to the one that I have now, and, you know, I, I park it next to it, and I go, oh. That trailer is so nice. Yeah, your new one's pretty nice. And uh, yeah, and then it came up for sale. The guy was um, a BMW club racer, and he's just you know one of these things where he's like, "I'm done racing." Yeah, and everything's going. So, you know, I, you know, one of these things where I just had to say yes. Yeah, you so. told me the price on it, and it was not yeah. enough. It was really cheap. So. Yeah, I mean, even if I would have bought it and just flipped it, which is what I thought I was going to do, yeah. and I thought, well, I can always flip it, but you know. Why don't I just sell my other one? Which uh, I told you where my other one ended up, didn't uh, I? Didn't it go to like tell you Australia that? or something? Australia, yeah. So I sold crazy. my twenty-eight foot enclosed. Yeah, yeah. Is it even there I mean, yet? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. So I uh, and, and and I think 
I think the guy found it from on track Midwest, I think, or something, which he's not a race car guy or anything. Um, it's this guy from Australia and his wife is from the US. And, um, and they live on the road a lot. And it turns out what they do is they just buy and sell and ship vehicles from Australia to the US and from the US to Australia. Interesting. And then, so they have like a warehouse in Virginia and then they, they, they transport motorcycles around and they, they just sort of, you know, move vehicles around the country and between Australia and the US. Mm -hmm. So he bought, um, so he came to pick it up and he was driving like a, uh, uh, a truck with Oregon plates. It was like a Ford uh, turbo diesel from uh, what's the style? Probably the the early nineties, oh, like maybe square body. something yeah, like that. Yeah, big square body. Yeah, yeah, square body with a Gale Banks you know sticker on. I mean, really cool looking yeah. truck. And he went he went to pick it up. He goes, well, I got to measure it and measure the width. I got to make sure it's not too wide. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, why is it so important? And he said. Because in Australia, you can't license a trailer that's more than 100 inches wide at its widest okay. point. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, so wait, like, are you sending this to Australia? He goes, yeah, this and this truck are going to Australia. And so I'm like, well, why don't you, like, if you're sending a truck, why don't you buy a newer truck? He goes, he said, well, because anything newer than a certain year, you're not allowed uh, to you ought to convert it to right-hand drive. Oh, but if okay. they're older than a certain year, then you can keep them left-hand drive. So like a 20, they have like a 25-year-old so anyway. for that kind of thing. Huh? That's weird. Yeah, 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 apparently. Well, I hope he likes it. It was so, a cool trailer. And it, yeah, yeah. But I said like so, I think I sold it for eight grand or something mm -hmm. like that, 8500 And I said, how much is it going to cost you to ship this over there? And he said, eh, about seven Holy grand. Holy cow. <laughs> I said, "Well, trailers must be expensive over there." He goes, "Yeah, they're they're crazy." That's crazy. <laughs> I think you told us that at uh, so. you told me that at uh, uh, Road Atlanta or something, and I was like, "That it's going to cost as much as the trailer." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it still doesn't make any sense to me. But um, he figured out what what, what they what they're going to have to do is take the little like mini fenders off that, that, that stick out like a, an inch or two on either side that would do it, huh? because that, those made it, yeah, that made it over a hundred inches wide. So in all of them, you know, the newer trailers are wider than like mine was, right? right. Mine was a, my old one was a little older and you know how now the trailers are like an extra six inches right. wide than they used to be most of them. Yep. So yep. like they can't send newer, newer trailers over there. No, I got to so. have something old in Australia, um, I guess, huh? Yep. Yeah. Speaking of other countries, so I was telling you, I, I, we talked earlier about we went to Portugal this yeah. year, and you know, I, I I don't know if you've driven much in other countries. It's always to me fascinating to like drive in other countries because you know things are just different. Like um, it it turns out like the 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 freeway system in Portugal was like really good, really? which I didn't expect. I wouldn't even expect it to have one. And like tiny, every isn't that a tiny country. Yeah, it's it's pretty small. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty small. Um, and so we got there and ended up driving from uh, Lisbon. I rented a little Fiat 500, and I think it had like a 1.1 liter, some tiny little engine mm -hmm. in it. Um, and uh, ended up driving up to Porto, which is up north, which is where port wine comes from. 
um, which it's really a cool city. Like, you know, Portugal is just, uh, I mean, we'd never been there, but the place is pretty Yeah, you were sending cool. pictures when you were there. But anyway, yeah. And, and like all of the road numbers are like really, like the numbering system is strange. You know, I can't remember what it is. Like there's like, you know, MA roads and, not, you know, just all these different kinds of roads. So I, I got on the internet and I looked it up, you know, to kind of learn about the road numbering and the toll system and all that. And, and the one, one of the things that, that came up was that Portugal, there's like some Michelin survey of like the best road systems in mm -hmm. the world. And a couple of years ago, Portugal was rated as having the second best road system, highway system in the world. Really? Who's got the best? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't. <laughs> I don't know if it's Germany. I, I don't really know. Yeah. But I mean, they said Portugal is like the second best, which I kind of believe actually after driving on it because um, the freeways are just fantastic. The secondary roads are, you know, really good and beautiful and. Um, you know, and they've had like this master highway plan, like every 20 years they revise their master highway okay. plan. And they've been doing this since like the 30s or the, the 20s. So, you know, it turns out they have like this really, really good road system. And, and the drivers, like it's, uh, I tell you, <laughs> if people from Portugal drove here, yeah. they, would, they would just go bananas because <laughs> the freeways aren't, like they're like three lanes wide. There's not hardly any cars on them because tolls are really expensive right. and gas is insane. Right. Um, like like we drove from uh, Porto or Lisbon to, to Porto, which is a couple hundred kilometers. Right. I don't know. It's it's like a say a four hour drive on the freeway, and tolls and gas was over. $100. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. <laughs> that's too much. Yeah, yeah. So like everything in Portugal is cheap except, except for getting somewhere. You got to like just stay there. Food is cheap, food is amazing. Like wine is cheap, you know, drinks are cheap, you know, uh, lodging is incredibly inexpensive. Like everything is cheap, but it makes driving. me want to go though. Driving I is mean. expensive. Yeah, oh, it's, it's every, cool. every everything it's cool in the south back. side of Chicago is expensive uh except for uh, even driving. Even driving is expensive. <laughs> so I would love to go someplace yeah. pretty where everything else is cheap except for driving. Well, I think we we made a yeah. podcast, yeah. Mike. We've been going for over an hour. Yeah, we have. we've got to work uh. on our projects, too. Oh, so. I guess we have. Are you still recording? You better be recording. Yeah. I'm not redoing this. This was too I better be recording. Uh, we're at uh, one hour. Two minutes, maybe? Uh, yeah, the, the counter's yeah, going. Yeah. As long as the counter's over an hour, and so. then you started a few minutes after me. So. An, an hour and two minutes and seven yeah, seconds right, right now. Yeah. All right, well, uh, where, hmm. uh, where can people see all your exploits on Instagram or on uh, this forum that shall not be named? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm Auto X Mike, as I've been using forever. Auto X but, Mike. Yeah, is, people don't need you know, to find you. You're, you're my buddy, Mike. You don't need any more friends. Stay, just be my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I, and, and, and by the way, um, if anyone wants to buy a 2007 Civic Si, I'm thinking about selling oh, you're mine. You're thinking about selling, um, what was that thing called? It had a, it had a... Uh, that's a Scorpion. <laughs> that's Scorpion because, <laughs> yeah, because it came... <laughs> Mike buys the <laughs> crappiest, most awesome dailies. Yeah, it, it so this one the engine blew up because it had this cold air intake in it and someone drove it through like it. a mud puddle yeah, or something. It. Yeah. 
Yeah, hydrolocked it, and so they dropped it off at a mechanic who put in a motor from like uh, 80,000 miles Civic SI, and then the guy couldn't pay mm -hmm. for it. So I just basically gave him some money for it and had to go get the you know get a new title issued for it. But it had on the left front fender, it had a big white vinyl it sure scorpion. Did. I think it still does, right? Yep. <laughs> no, I took oh, it off. you took it off. T Tina made me take it off. Well, uh, you know, I was worried that, you know, if I left it on there, I, I, I envisioned that I'd be like, I'd you know, go to the grocery store and I would park mm -hmm. it. And then the guy that used to own it would see it there with the scorpion on it and get all pissed off and trash yeah, or, it. So or he'd like have the key still yeah. and would like steal it. <laughs> yeah, and it would just disappear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even think of that, but yeah, so the scorpion oh, went. That's too so. bad. Well, let, let me know what anyway. you want for it. I got a lot of friends in the huddle world, so... Yeah, and it's, you know, all rust-free and everything. I mean, it's got the typical, like, totally shitty Honda paint. Yeah, it there. was pretty tattered up on top. But I drove it uh, I drove it the weekend of your wedding, uh, and I think I took it on track for a couple of sessions. I think I took your son out on track in it, too. Um, and, yeah, uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it drove like a – those things Those things actually hold up really, really well uh, driving-wise. They're, like, they're just nice cars. Um yeah, dirty yeah, cheap now too. Yeah, I I really like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and they are getting cheap. I mean, I like it, but we're thinking about getting rid of the, of the Tina's Matrix that she's had forever and that, and maybe I'll get something that's maybe a little bit newer and nicer just as a yeah. daily. But well, you, you do spend a lot of time we'll in the see. car too. I'm trying to cut down the number. Of, yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to cut down the number of vehicles yeah. I have because like at one time not that long ago, I think I had eight vehicles around many. here. So it's too many, too well, many for two people. Pretty soon you'll have a running Cobra, so that'll be a fun, beautiful day car at least. So. Yep, yep. All right, well, exactly. I'm going to work on my RV, and well, uh, yeah, let's hit stop on these uh, recorders, man. Okay, I'll hit stop. i gotta, uh, I got to figure out how to hit stop, but I, I think <laughs> I just hit that red button right there. Uh, hit the the square one, square one. Uh, there's no square button right, on well, mine. whatever makes it stop. I'll figure it out. Okay. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the pits at a grid like to say hello. Hello.